0: Her surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. Tonight, I want to look at Philip. Philip is our person tonight in Luke chapter number 1. Luke chapter 1, as it began a few weeks ago, I told you that John the Baptist was sent to prepare a people for the Lord, to prepare the way of the Lord, but also to make ready a people. In Luke chapter 1, verse 17, it says, He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And that's exactly what John the Baptist did. He was a man sent from God as you go to John chapter 1. and John chapter 1, the Bible says that John the Baptist was a man sent from God and he was sent to prepare the way of the Lord and he prepared a people as Luke 1.17 says. And Philip was one of those many disciples that John had uh, preached to and had, uh, and had pointed to the way that the lamb of god the lord jesus christ and so talking about philip tonight now his name is greek philip is a greek name and yet he was jewish but he had a greek name and his name uh is Philippos in greek and it means a lover of horses or uh, a fond of horses and uh And so if you're fond of horses or, you know, whatever, you're you're a Philip. But anyhow, um, the distinction, there are three different Philips that we can see in the New Testament. There's a Philip the Tetrarch, who was brother the Herod the Tetrarch. His name was Philip, and he also would have been Greek. And so it's possible that maybe Philip's parents named him after Philip the Tetrarch, and that's why he ended up with a Greek name, even though he was Jewish. I don't know for sure. There's another Philip in the Bible, and that's Philip the Deacon, And uh, speaking of deacons, we'll we'll be having our deacon uh, nomination coming up soon. But in Acts chapter number six, you see that that the, the the deacons that were chosen, those men that were chosen, one of them was Philip, and so he he along with Stephen and the others was chosen in Acts chapter six. And and Philip not only was a deacon, but he became an evangelist. And it's possible for a deacon to be an evangelist, and vice versa. And uh, and Philip became an evangelist and and was known as that. And and he's the he's the Philip. He's the Philip, Philip the deacon, Philip the evangelist, same guy, who then was there in Acts chapter 8 when the Ethiopian eunuch needed someone to guide him and show him the truth, and there was Philip there to guide him. Now, that's not the Philip we're talking about tonight. Uh, That's a different Philip. The reason why we know that is because in Acts chapter uh, number 1, the Bible clearly defines the 12 as Philip being one of the 12 and not being a deacon, not not being the same Philip. It's a different Philip. And so the Philip we're talking about tonight was the Apostle Philip, one of the ones that Jesus chose, selected from John's disciples. His birthplace, he lived in Bethsaida in John chapter 1 in verse 44. Now, Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. They were brothers And Philip was of the same village, the same fishing village that Andrew and Peter were from. from, And no doubt, probably they all knew each other. And probably Andrew uh, probably had a great influence on Philip. Andrew seemed to be the one that would pull people to the Lord and and bring people to the Lord. Um, As I mentioned earlier, there's nothing, after Acts chapter 1, there's nothing left that that talks about Philip the Apostle. Um, History or or, um, tradition says that he... (laughs) probably died as a martyr in Asia Minor uh, crucified pro- possibly uh, as was Christ um, and, and we don't know a whole lot after, uh, after Acts chapter 1 we can only speculate or, or read some historical things that we don't know for sure is accurate but what we do know is that a lot of Philip is mentioned in John and uh, John would have known Philip and, and John James John Peter Andrew they all were familiar with one another And so we pick it up in John chapter number 35. Remember John chapter, excuse me, John chapter 1, verse 35. There's no John 35. John chapter 1, verse 35. In John chapter 1, 35, again, the next day after John stood and two of his disciples, see, John had disciples before Jesus did. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, Behold, the Lamb, capital L, Lamb of God. And the two disciples that John had heard him speak. And they followed Jesus. John was now pointing his disciples, these these special 12, to Christ, to to be turned over to Christ as his followers. Verse 38, Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and saith unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonas, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Peter means stone. Verse 43, And the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and findeth Philip, and saith unto him, Follow me. Obviously then Philip was another one of John's disciples. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael, and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law, and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there be can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nathanael having a little bit of a sarcasm there. Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming, and saith unto him, Behold an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. I mentioned Israelite indeed on Wednesday. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee. When thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. I'm convinced that you really are who Philip says you are. So we see some things about Philip here in the early days, and we also see something that he said here to Nathanael. He says, Verse 45 We have found him, we have found the Messiah the one that Moses wrote about and the one that the prophets wrote about. So I want to point you to the fact that Philip didn't just have a warm, fuzzy. What do I mean by that? A warm, fuzzy, emotional experience because Jesus was, in fact, Jesus hadn't done any miracles yet. But but Philip, by the scriptures, was convinced that Jesus was the Christ. By the word of John the Baptist and the writing of Moses and the writing of the prophets, Philip says to Nathaniel, we found him. If ever you're going to talk to someone about Jesus, make sure you back it up with the Bible. Make sure you share with them that I believe it because I've read about it in the word of God. This is the way it should be. Acts chapter 17 verse 11 says that they were more noble than those in Thessalonica because the Berean Christians searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. A lot of people can say a lot of things about about a lot of stuff but it has to match the Bible if it doesn't match the Bible there's a problem John chapter 5 verse 39 Jesus said search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life how do I know well I was telling someone just yesterday First John 5 it says these things are written that you may know that you have eternal life I think it's the Mormons that have this warm burning bosom I get that if I eat the wrong kind of pizza. You can't trust feelings. Feelings change. I mean, feelings are okay but there never should be the the thing that you go by. What you go by is something you can can tangibly say, it's in here. It's God's word on it. And that's what Philip was saying back there in John chapter 1. He was saying, we have found him. This is the one that is written about. It's written. I'm verifying that it was written as I tell you this is the one. And Nathaniel says, can there anything good come out of Nazareth? Now, of course, we know Jesus wasn't really from Nazareth. He lived there, but he actually was born in Bethlehem. What can come out of Nazareth that could be any good? Apparently, Nazareth was on the wrong side of the tracks. And Philip just said, come and see. Now, I like this, too, because Philip's saying, I believe it from the Scripture, from the writings but I also want you to just come and see because I believe it because I just believe it. I just know also personal experience. And um, when you are saved and you witness to someone, there's two things you need to share with them. The word that God did and the work that God's doing. You need to share with them your own personal experience of salvation. I was just telling someone yesterday who was born a Mormon and raised in a Mormon home and they got saved and now they are a born-again believer. And I was just sharing with them how that, you know, we have got some Mormons in our, in our community. And if it comes up, you need to share with so-and-so who has a Mormon background your testimony. They might not like it, but it's your story. It's the truth. It's what happened to you and your experience. And so there's nothing wrong with personal experience. And, and Philip's saying, look. I'm excited because it matches the Bible and I just know it, I believe it. I have experienced some, I've seen him, I've met him. You need to come, you need to come and see. And so when there's personal experience, there's new life. New life, there's answers to prayer. There's spiritual blessings like we looked at Ephesians chapter 1 today. These these are all just evidences of what God's doing. And and some of you have greater evidences than others. Um. everybody in here, especially those of you who got saved later in life, if you got saved as an adult, you probably have friends. In fact, I know at least one person here, because I heard you tell me this before, you probably have friends that are like, or family, they're like, you're just not fun anymore. We used to go out and do all kinds, well, look, it's just that you have, you have a different life now. And it's not that you aren't fun. You just aren't sinful fun anymore. And Philip was being that witness to Nathaniel. I think Nathaniel was already saved, but Philip's saying, Look, I believe this is the Messiah who John's been telling us about. This is the Lamb of God. Come and see. And when Nathaniel met him, he was convinced. So we just see a few things about Philip. There's not a lot. He's not one of your major you know, apostles that we know a lot about. But Philip had some interesting things about him, and I want to look at it tonight. And mostly, as I said, they're in John, John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and verse 1. And after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. And when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here, which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in the number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves when he had given thanks and distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet, that should come into the world. This is the story you'll find in all four Gospels, the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men, possibly more people than that if you add in women and children. And here at the beginning of the story, and only John tells us this part of it, but in John 6, verse 5, when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, He saith unto Philip, Oh man, are we in trouble? No, he asked Philip a a problem question. How are we going to feed them? Now, you all know this, and it says it in the next verse. Jesus did not ask Philip, How are we going to feed them? Because I don't know how to do it. He was asking Philip, How are we going to feed them? Because Philip doesn't know how to do it. It says in verse 6, he said this to prove him. You know, the Lord wants to prove all of us too. In my Sunday school class, we're, ta- we're talking about prayer. Luke chapter 11 says, Lord, teach us to pray. And in that story, it says, you come to your neighbor at midnight and you say, help. I need help. I've got a friend who has a need and I've got nothing to give them. And that's what's happening here. Philip there's 5,000 men plus out here in front of us. How are we going to feed them? And Philip, being the analytical and thinker and, 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 and maybe somewhat good at math, he says, 200 penny worth of bread's not sufficient. I mean, if, if, if a bread roll costs 20 cents, it would cost at least $1,000 to feed these 5,000 men, not to mention the women and children. And so Philip quickly figured it out. Well, we can't do it. I mean, possibly the 200 pennyworth was what they had in the bag. Maybe that's why he said 200 pennyworth. But in other words, we don't have enough money to feed hardly ourselves, let alone these people. It can't be done. I think that's why Jesus asked him. Just so Philip would admit, it cannot be done. It's impossible. We don't have the ability to do it. There's been some liberal theologians that have come up with some real doozies. Like one guy said that what happened is, is that Jesus has stored a bunch of food in a cave and he just kind of backed up to the cave and then they stuck it under his, you know, his long flowing robe and just started whipping out bread and fish. Stupid upon stupid. You might as well call yourself an atheist. The Lord's lesson here though is obvious that God does the impossible. We were talking about atheists earlier tonight. Just because someone is a diehard atheist doesn't mean they have to die an atheist. God can still rescue them. What do you think God would rather do? Send people to hell just because they're wicked or save them and then get real glory? (laughs) Wow! I mean, the Apostle Paul used to be Saul, the persecutor of the Christians. I'm sure the early church in the book of Acts talked about that wicked Saul more than most people. Don't you think? I mean, don't you think public enemy number one was probably Saul, the guy that's, I mean, he, he just seems to be everywhere and he just seems to be bent on just getting rid of us. You know, the, the disciples in the other passages, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if you put them all together on this story, some of send them away. Lord, just send them away. Tell them, you got to go home. You got to go home. That's probably what I'd have done. Uh, or, Or this would have been me too. Hey! Joan's stupid fault for not packing a lunch, right? What do you think we are, a bunch of liberal welfare people? What do you think this is? Or just ignore them, or just pretend like we're not thinking about the fact that they're probably getting hungry. Or here's here's another one. Let's just run. Let's just try to outrun them. No. no you know, sometimes... God gives us problems because he wants us to learn a lesson. And he wants us to learn to deal with it by faith and to grow in our faith. And With that, keep your finger in John, but go over to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So first of all, we see that Jesus wanted to teach Philip something. And he personally asked Philip, how are we going to do this? And Philip said, we, you, we can't. There's another story in John. It's in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And Jesus, this is getting closer to the time of the crucifixion. It's the Passover. And Jesus is probably close to the temple at this time. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11. And in John chapter 12, verse 20, it says, And there there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Now this is interesting because even then... There were people who were not Jews that wanted to worship. And they came, verse 21, therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. There's speculation as to why did they go to Philip. Well, remember what I told you at the beginning? Philip was a Jew, but he had a Greek name. And maybe they thought that there was a little bit more sympathy with Philip. I mean, I think some of the disciples probably would have said, you Greeks aren't welcome here. Remember what they said about the Samaritan woman when Jesus was talking to her? Sir, we would see Jesus, and Philip said, cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Philip didn't turn them away. He went to his buddy Andrew, and Andrew being part of that closer inner circle with Peter and James and John they went and told Jesus and Jesus answered them saying told, said this to the Greeks the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified it, Jesus didn't turn them away Jesus loved the Gentiles he said in verse 24 verily verily I say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit and in other words pretty soon I'm going to be like that seed I'm going to be buried in the ground but I'm going to spring back up and I'm going to bring forth much fruit. Jesus loved the Gentiles and Philip was learning that lesson. Uh, With your finger in John, go with me to a couple places in Matthew. Matthew chapter number 8 and verse 5. Matthew 8 and verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion. A centurion would have been a Roman soldier, not a Jew. Jesus was entered into Capernaum, that would have been close to where Bethsaida was. There came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick, and is of the palsy grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. The centurion said, Lord, I don't I don't think I am worthy to have you come into my house. But I know this. I know that if you just say it, it'll happen. Wow. He says in verse 9, For I am a man under authority, and having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. And to another, Come, and he cometh. And to an, my servant, do, do this, and he doeth it. In other words jesus i know that all you got to do is say it and it'll happen that's the way it is for me i i have servants and all i'd have to do is speak and boom they go and lord i know that you can heal my servant without even having to be there you just say the word it'll happen wow in verse 10 when jesus heard it he marveled and said unto them that followed verily i say unto you i have not found so great faith no not in israel And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom who should be there shall be cast out into outer darkness and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What's Jesus saying there? Well, who's the majority of the people? What's the ethnicity of the majority of the people that are following him? He says there's going to be a lot of people coming from the east and the west to sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the believers in the kingdom. And the children of the kingdom that should be there, the children, the grandchildren of these men, will not be there. But here you're looking at a Roman soldier who is a Gentile who has just demonstrated greater faith than a lot of the people following me right now. And he turns to the man, the centurion, in verse 13, and says, Go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And the servant was healed in the selfsame hour. That's one time where Jesus said, I have not found so great a faith in Israel as I have with this Gentile. See, the Greeks went to Philip, and apparently Philip knew that Jesus loved the Gentiles. Because the Philip didn't say, y'all need to get out of here. Another place in Matthew is in chapter 15. This time Jesus is up north. North of the border of Israel. In Matthew chapter 15 verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. That's out of Israel. That's north of Israel. And there's still a Tyre and Sidon there now. And behold a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast. A Canaanite woman. Not a Jew. And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. She knew who he was, even though she wasn't Jewish. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her, Not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He's really standoffish here. He's playing hard to get in verse 25. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me listen to this, but he answered and said, it, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to the dogs. What's he saying? He's saying what they, what the Jews thought, that she's a Canaanite woman, she's a dog compared to us. And Jesus, this you say, wow, I can't believe he's talking like this. He knows what's going to happen, so he's going ahead and he's doing this. Because he knows her heart. In verse 27, here's what she says in front of these proud men. She says, truth, Lord. You're right. It, it, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't, it isn't normal or good. It's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Yet, verse 27, the dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Her humble heart said, Lord, I realize I'm not a Jew, I'm a Canaanite, but but even dogs will eat the crumbs, and I just need some crumbs. Verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, <laughs> great is thy faith. Be unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And maybe that's why when the Greeks came to Philip towards the end, and they said, we want to see him. Philip said, and and, and who knows, maybe Philip had a Greek father. Maybe that's why he had a Greek name. Philip said, I know he cares. Come with me. We'll we'll, we'll get you to him. Maybe some of the others are like, blah, blah, blah. So why do you say that about them? Well, do you remember in John chapter 4, their attitude when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman? <gasps> What's he talking to her for? She's, she's a mixed race. She's not full-blooded. Philip recognized maybe he was one of the first ones. Remember, I said that he probably died in Asia Minor, preaching to Jews and Gentiles alike. And then lastly, back in John... Verse chapter 14, John chapter 14. I love this chapter. This is a great passage. John chapter 14. Verse 1 Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also, and whither I go you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm glad Thomas asked that question because it, it gave us one of the greatest verses in the Bible. I am the way. And then verse seven. If ye had known me, you should have known my father, also, and from henceforth ye shall you know him and have seen him. And I'm not picking on Philip because if I'd have been there, I I ask dumb questions all the time. And Philip says in verse eight, "Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us." Lord, you talk about the Father, show it to us. And Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Wow. If it wasn't for Philip's question, we might never have got that. So I'm glad he asked it. People might want to pick on Philip for not, well, duh, Philip, don't you know he is the Father? Well, if I'd have been there, I'd have been a little confused too. Because Jesus is God. Therefore, he is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And yet he is individually the Son. I don't know how to explain all that. I know this. In Isaiah, it says, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And yet he's Jesus. I I don't... All I know is, is that Jesus Christ is God in human form and he said to Philip if you've seen me you've seen the father isn't that why in 1 John when it says if you deny the son you don't have the father you can't possibly claim to be god's children or god's a follower of god if you deny the son because he is the father you say pastor that's confusing it is for me too But you know what? I've decided I have no problem having a God bigger than my brain. I feel sorry for people who worship an idol and you can walk around the whole thing and look at the whole thing and if you want it to move, you've got to pick up and carry it. That's not much of a God. I have a God that blows my mind. I have a God that made a universe and nobody can even get around to the other side yet. And he made it. So Jesus says in verse 10 and 11, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Again, pointing back to the Word. It's the word of God. You just have to take it by faith that it is the word of God. In verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. If you're having a hard time believing me for what I say, at least believe me for the evidence that you see. And so those are our three passages concerning Philip, the apostle. They're not a lot. They're not a great amount, but we learn things. And I'm thankful for Philip. I'm thankful for the questions he asked. I'm thankful for what he did. Uh, I'm thankful for the fact that he said 200 pennyworth couldn't feed these people. All we got couldn't feed them. And God proved Himself to Philip. I hope God's proving Himself to you. I got impossible things right now, and there's only one thing I can do about it: pray. And then let God have the glory for it. I've got I've got questions I don't have the answers to. And I, there are people that need the Lord. And I need to be used of God to bring them to him like he did with the Greeks. And then if I ask a dumb question because I'm not thinking it through, I need to learn a lesson like he did when he asked, show us the Father. That's our lesson tonight concerning Philip. There's a lot of side things you can learn from it. But we'll stop there. And we'll pick up again on another apostle the Apostle Matthew, the publican that was turned into a preacher. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Thank you for opportunity to study it together tonight. These individual men, they're real human beings. They were believers. They first were reached by John the Baptist. They were baptized by John. And then they were appointed to the Lamb, you. And they followed you. And all but Judas became fishers of men and preachers. And we thank you for them, each one, and the study we can do behind the scenes. Help us to realize their, their, their humanity and, and, and appreciate so the little details that we have about them. Thank you for helping us to see some of that tonight. Help us to be grateful that you tell us the same thing. We're to just trust your word. Our experiences can back up your word, but we're never trusting the experiences as much as your word. Help us to believe And help us to bring people to you, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.